What is going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here from the Bases Load Podcast. And just a reminder, for those who don't know, we have teamed up with Rotoballer this year for the 2020 season, which means we're joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball players as their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2020 draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's draft kit by using discount code BASESLOADED. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer's draft kit, along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks and tons of in-season tools. All of this from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with discount code BASESLOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today. And they're blocking him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off. Hello and welcome in, everybody, to episode 115 of the Bases Loaded podcast. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And today, I might be a little clearer. My mic is plugged in appropriately. After a few couple episodes of just messed up audio and the mic not being plugged in right or something, I don't know. It's fixed. You can hear me. And I am joined by, I mentioned it on the last podcast, I'm joined by our new co-host, he makes up our fourth musketeer, and that's Chris Clegg of Fantrax. You can follow Chris at Roto Clegg. Chris, welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you as a part of our show. What's going on? Hey, Mike. I'm excited to be on. Uh, looking forward to talking some baseball today. Hopefully, it's not the last time that we get to talk about in-season baseball. I'm sure we'll discuss that a little bit, but man, I'm honored to be part of the show and excited again to be on today. Listen, I have I have a Mets fan. I'm a Marlins fan. You are the, you're the Braves fan. We, we're just missing the Nationals and the uh, who's the other two? Why am I blanking? Phillies. Phillies. I don't know why I blanked on the Phillies. I'm a huge Harper guy, but we're missing those two guys. But it's okay because we can make up for those with George being the Giants fan. So he gets to come, even though he has some championships, he gets to commiserate with us because his team is terrible. The Braves are good. <laughs> Acuna is concerning. That's a whole other discussion. But you mentioned it, man. Baseball. I feel like this is a warning. This was more of a scare tactic by the commissioner. People were like, it's doom and gloom because the Cardinals are having a little bit of an outbreak. And they are discussing that as soon as Monday they could shut down baseball if there's like if there's a large amount of positive tests that come out. I honestly think it's more of a scare tactic to get players like whipped up into shape and kind of like, hey, stop screwing around so we can have a season. What are your thoughts on this? And do you think the season's going to be canceled? I hope it's just a scare tactic. Like you read into it, and like it scares me to think about no baseball. You know, that that's hard to say. Like I know, and with everything going on in the world, this is our escape, man. Right. But like you said, this is the outlet, like fantasy baseball, baseball in general is such an outlet and escape from everything in the world. So keeping my fingers crossed that we keep playing, but I don't know, man, it's just, it's not looking great. And I'm hoping that it's just a scare tactic. At the end of the day, I feel like they're going to continue playing because money does factor in a lot. Like, and you hate to say that, but money's a big part of this. And so they're, they're going to do whatever they can to keep pushing through we're probably going to have a lot of canceled games throughout the year. Like you're going to see series canceled. Like it's just the nature of what it is. And now with the new seven inning double headers, that'll be interesting as well. <laughs> it's a weird baseball season, man. Things changing mid season like they have it. 
just quite interesting, but I'm, I'm hoping that we keep going on. Yeah. I'm hundred percent with you. Obviously it's a crazy season and I keep texting because you're part of the group chat now. So I keep texting, embrace the crazy. You have to kind of do it. I mean, and again, it's, even though it's a distraction, COVID still affects it, but it's still a distraction. The frustration, the ups, the downs, the injuries, the everything, it's its heightened, and it's obviously a small thing on a grander scale, but it's still a distraction. It's still something that keeps us and our minds clear of a lot of this craziness going on in this world. And honestly, I hope everybody – honestly, I would just love baseball to continue, but most importantly is everyone stays safe. And if they can honestly – just uh, if the spread can kind of just slow down and stop, that'd be obviously. Um, I keep saying the word obviously. <laughs> it would just be like the best case scenario. But if they can't do it safely, then yes, I understand shutting down baseball. I'm not gonna be that selfish. I totally get it. If they can't safely, you know, go about doing things, then it needs to be shut down. And right now, it's trending that way because players aren't. T- I mean, the Marlins they pulled a typical Florida man. <laughs> Florida man went to bar among amongst COVID outbreak. Like that's what they did. They um, they they started this whole downward like possibly ruin the se- ruining the season. We're hearing that the Cardinals have more positive tests today. Their t- their games have been postponed. And I, I hear it's uh, coaching staff, though, or, st- or staff members, not necessarily players. So there's that going on. All in all, if players, if they want to get through the season, they want to make their money, they, and, they, and honestly, if they care about one another, they'll stop with the antics and just stick strictly to baseball. But do you think this is going to actually affect players like Mike Trout from coming back? Maybe Wheeler decides, you know what, I am going to opt back out. Because this is kind of getting a lot of hand. Do you? Th- we saw Isan D- Diaz from the Marlins opt out. Are we going to see more of this? It's going to be kind of like an ongoing like carousel of like yes and no's and ins and outs. The more cases we see, I mean, it's it's definitely likely. Like we know Trout's on paternity leave right now, so he could just say, "Well, screw it, I'm not coming back." Like it's not worth having to deal with all this stuff. So it's it's a tricky situation there that he could and even Wheeler who has a new child they they could just decide you know what I'd rather be with my family don't want to deal with this don't want to be away from my newborn for 14 days if I did come in contact with somebody that had it so it's a possibility it's a, yeah and it's crazy because and then you have other factors like players can now opt out and have their year of service time count because it's been like the 12 days or whatever it's been so that's like a whole other factor. That was like one of those things. I think it's like 12 days. I think that's the number that play, there was like rumors of like Flaherty and others that aren't making a lot of money. that are high end guys that play just enough to get their service time in and then just bounce. <laughs> so there's a lot of going on. We will keep you up to date. We are recording as of right now, 11 o'clock on Saturday. And this podcast will be out shortly after that because I'm not going to waste time. We're going to talk two start pitchers, waiver wire, and we're going to talk some hot starts. And this the idea is to get this out. Normally I would wait till Monday, but I've noticed Fab is becoming ever more increasingly popular, and people are in weekly leagues more so this year than they. This year should be daily, but they're in weekly leagues anyway. Maybe it's just more of my personal thing. I'm more, well, I'm more in weekly leagues. Regardless, I want this information out before Sunday Fab. I want to kind of talk about it and two start pitchers. They're two starts as of right now. <laughs> I mean, like literally, we could we could press the end on this podcast and they could not be two starts anymore. People are getting pushed around. And we're not going to start with the obvious ones because, you know, there's like the, the Jacob DeGroms of the world that I believe are on two starts next week. Could be wrong. I thought I saw him on this list. doesn't matter. The Chris Paddocks, the Giolitos, those guys are set for two starts. Those guys are obvious. But we're going to start with like questionable guys like Carlos Martinez. Martinez has looked okay. Like, I'm not totally blown away by how he's looked. Uh, I see he's obvious. He's, and you actually, let me plug your work here. You wrote, you did the two-star article over at Fantrax. So we're kind of using some of your stuff anyway just to – kind of go off of and uh Carmart just you see you had he's in your questionable area 
what would you do if you were a Carmar guy? Would you roll him out? Because right now, innings are... Oh, actually, hey, he's part of the Cardinals. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, who knows at this point? <laughs> <laughs> he he may not be a two-start guy after all, because we don't know what the heck is going on there. <laughs> Definitely an interesting situation, because he was scheduled to get Detroit and the Cubs, but those obviously could get bumped. So that's it's tough, especially in a <laughs> weekly league. Like, what do you do when you when you don't know? It puts you in a weird spot. But uh, speaking of Carlos Martinez, at least let's—he just hasn't been great. Like he was yeah. just bad his first time out. Um, didn't look good at all. Like, and he was a guy that I was all over in the off season. Like, I thought he was a great value. He's always under a four ERA, like just consistently good. But we know—I mean, he faced the Twins his first outing, and the Twins have just like wrecked everybody, other than Shane Bieber, at least. So. <laughs> It's a tough spot. Like, I don't know. The Detroit start's favorable if he does get it. The Cubs are an okay start, but with how rough he looked, that's I just threw him in the questionable tier just because, I don't know. The, it, there was some, some concerning aspects of his start against the Twins for sure. And like you said, the Twins, I just, I don't know. I'm not confident in Carmart this, this week. If I can avoid him, I will because even if I was buying in or thought he could do it, I'm definitely um, just not interested now because I don't know if they're going to even play on Monday now or Tuesday, whenever they're set for the first game. So I think I'm just going to avoid that as a whole and kind of move forward. And, I, of course, lawn maintenance will be happening as this is going on. I don't know if you can hear it. It's in the background, though. They're mowing the lawns. It's almost like, you know what? This is like Paul Spore. Like, he deals with this all the time. Spore, <laughs> shout out to you, buddy. I have my lawn guy here, apparently, doing his stuff. So I apologize to anybody hearing that in the background. Got, show must go on. But moving on right here is a guy that I think I'm going to roll with regardless, and that's Joe Musgrove. He's facing off, he has the tough Minnesota matchup, and there's no arguing how tough that is, but he that Minnesota team might be without Josh Donaldson. That's not like a huge loss considering that team is so good, but it's still a big, you know, big bat that's not going to be, that could be out of the lineup with the cap because he has the calf injury. And we know, my thing is, is with him, maybe it was precautionary, but the calf with him is goes back a long time now. So if it's a calf, it could linger. We could see him out of the lineup. Makes it a little bit better of a matchup, but that Detroit, that the Detroit matchup is good enough for me to chase the Musgrove. Chase Musgrove, and although he hasn't won, he has he actually has two. He's zero two on the season, but he's showing really good strikeout stuff over over eleven, almost a twelve K per nine right now. Strand rate's really good. The ERA is actually a four point seven, but with the FIP or with the XFIP of like three point eight nine, so long ball's kind of hurting him. All in all, way of me saying is I'm confident in him. I think he's gonna have a solid outing, and or solid two outings. And I think the Detroit one will help. Will be good enough to counteract what could happen in Minnesota. What are your thoughts on Joe Musgrove? Yeah. So when I published this, it was before the Donaldson news, and so having him out of the lineup definitely is a factor. Uh, he's a, a big part of the Twins lineup, and and the power threat that they offer. And obviously they're good top to bottom, but Musgrove has been good. He's nearly two identical starts actually with uh, Milwaukee and St. Louis, both 5.2 innings, three earned runs, four hits against Milwaukee, five hits against St. Louis, eight strikeouts against Milwaukee, seven strikeouts against St. Louis. Like you mentioned, the strikeouts have been way up, which is nice to see. Um, and the Detroit matchup is definitely a good one. Like it's, one of the most favorable matchups you can get right now as a pitcher. And now with, without Donaldson, like he could get the bump. I think you probably bump him into the should start range 
in my article. So that, that is a factor. And I think you roll with it. And I mean, he's, there's been some concerns, but overall, like he's been really good. I'm just looking at Musgrove. And I'm thinking, you know, the name that came to mind was like 2019 Matt Boyd. Boyd, yeah. like what, what Musgrove is doing with the spike in strikeouts and kind of like showing this upside, this potential that had, we, this is what we chased with Matt Boyd this year. And Matt Boyd has a two, has a, has a two start week. And I think you have to, st- I mean, I, it, it hurts because I actually put out that tweet about would you drop him? And it was pretty much split yes and no. 45% said no. Or sorry, sorry, 45% said yes. And then the rest said no. And the other one, I think there was another option, but it was basically 55% saying not to drop him. And he is not a drop yet. This I would give this this two week start a, an opportunity. He gets a St. Louis team that I don't think again. Actually, you gotta pay attention. If St. Louis, if those games are postponed, he might not be a two start guy. So if he's not a two start guy, it could be a one start midweek against something or just against Pittsburgh. So you gotta see how that turns out. There's too much too much in the air. But if it still stays as a two start outing, I'm gonna roll with Matt Boyd. What about you, with Matt Boyd? Yeah, he's looked rough. And another guy that I was like pretty high on coming into the season, like I just thought that he yeah. had that that breakout potential. That next and he's level. Just, yeah, he just laid an egg in his his two starts so far. And like you mentioned, is he droppable? Probably not. Like maybe a slight overreaction, but like he's getting borderline. Like two more bad starts, and he he could be gone. Especially, and he's got Pittsburgh this week. Who's if Pittsburgh? If Pittsburgh hits him and like <laughs> and, put, and puts up four to five runs on him, I think I'm done with Matt Boyd. I'm sorry, that's gonna be his fourth yeah. start of the season. There is no reason to think that he's not warmed up at this point. Like, I, I can't. He's he. It hurts too because I was just. I think it, well, he was a very popular breakout guy. We a lot of people really liked him, and I was one of them with you. So if he puts up another couple stinkers, man, I think I'm done with him. Yeah, I mean his FIP is three nine nine, so it, it looks oh. like there there should be some. Better days ahead. Let's see. That. What's the home run per nine? Do you have it up right in front of you? Only because that was his uh, issue last year as well. Yeah. Was the long ball zero point nine? So it's it's improved from one point eight nine last year. Yeah, yeah. The Babbitt's as- kind of high. Four four one two. Pretty low left on base percent at sixty two percent, which should correct itself because like league average is always like around seventy ish, seventy two ish. Right. I think. Yeah. And even his career is seventy point seven. Yeah. So there's going to be regression there. The Babbitt will come down. I do think there's better days ahead. I just don't know if I'm confident enough to buy low as long as he's on. Because he's, he's also on a really bad ball club. So it's really hard to even get wins out of him. And the right. problem is, is guys like this that you're kind of taking for the strikeouts or the strikeout, strikeout upside, they kind of lose value in a shortened season because he can hurt your ratios, not get you wins. And if the innings aren't there, then you know what I mean? Like, because that's all you really were taking them for was like that 180 innings, 220 plus Ks probably. And. You're you're okay with those you know low four ratios and stuff like that, but now in a shortened season, it's way less appealing. Yeah, you you want at a boy, do you you really like something like the three eight ERA range? What's interesting, like he was never a big strikeout guy until last year. Like yeah. even with last season, he was factored in. He's a eight point seven nine K per nine guy, and so he, right now, I mean, only ten innings, but seven point two K per nine is was out last year an outlier for strikeouts or is this who he is? Like, it's hard to say. And so if he's not striking people out, like he's not a guy you're probably going to rot, like start at least because I mean, he had a four five, six ERA last year, which isn't great. Like it's like Robbie Ray esque, you know, a lot of strikeouts and a, 
four something ERA, and that's you know, it's fine, but it's not what you want. So it'll be interesting to watch the strikeout trends there. Oh, for sure. And we have the thing is those law teams, including including ours, we don't really have the luxury of sitting him. <laughs> we don't have the luxury of sitting a lot of these two star guys. These are just guys that they're two starts, but I'm I'm starting them out of necessity for pitching. But I'm like if I can find a better one start guy on my bench, I might just go that route. Like I can't think maybe Savali. Who does Savali might have a one does he have a two step? He might have a two step this week actually as well. I have looked that up. Him and yeah, Pisac. Let me see. They might both have. I think they're both possibly in line. Savale's scheduled to go Sunday. Sunday? So, okay. Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was either this week or, or next week. Please, that gets two. Yeah, please, that gets two. And he's the next one on here. He's another guy. I'm, I might just roll with the hot hand. I mean, we saw him pitch amazingly the other day. He has a couple tough matchups, and what I, especially at Cincinnati, that's, not, that's never an easy one. But then at the White Sox, and the White Sox are hit or miss, man, because the White Sox can really hit the ball. We all know that. But they also have a lot of swing and miss in that lineup. And they got they just called up Madrigal, which we'll talk about in a second if you remind me. Um, they just called up Madrigal. So that team just got a little better on offense. But we've seen them, you know, we've seen them get dominated at times. I'm okay taking a chance on him this week. I just I'm keeping my expectations kind of like in the middle because I just don't I don't completely buy into what we saw. Do you buy into what we saw? And what are your thoughts on him for this two start week? Yeah, I mean, I'm not fully buying in. I want to see more out of him. I mean, the strike zone was pretty wide if you watch the starts. He was a benefactor of like a lot of called strikes outside of the zone, which definitely aided his start. I mean, not to belittle what he did. I mean, he pitched eight shutout innings, 11 strikeouts, zero walks. Like, he dominated. And he's facing the yeah. White Sox team again that, that he pitched against that outing. I threw him in the questionable tier because – Pitching at Great American Ballpark is concerning, and the Reds can really hit some big bombs out there. I mean, they've got a lot of guys that hit the ball hard, and the ball just flies at that park. So that start is concerning. Like, I think you probably start him def- if it's if you have a daily lineup league. Like, definitely start him against the White Sox if he if he pitches decent against the Reds. I don't know the the start at, in Cincinnati just concerns me and. I want to see more before I buy him because he's never been this kind of strikeout guy before. And if he, I mean, then I don't know. The Indians do crazy things with pitchers. Like Mm. they turn random guys into aces. So I'm not throwing that out of the equation, but he's probably that guy. Savali is that guy. Not please say, right. That's just my opinion. But I am curious. Would you start? It looks like Turnbull might line up to start in the middle of the week against the Brewers. Assuming again, the Brewers are okay. Cause I know they're kind of, again, part of that whole, like, issue going on i think they're just kind of being stuck not playing because of the was it they're the cardinals that are supposed to play them right regardless yeah. they should line up against the spencer turnball who's pitched mag- magnificently this se- this season twice against the reds too he's pitched very very well he's one to know 14 strikeouts and 11 innings like solid ratios would you take him on a one start week over a couple maybe i was that please on the two starts or matt boyd would you just stream him instead or are you chasing innings enough to kind of still put him underneath these guys yeah and that's what i, I always put the disclaimer in my two star articles like i'd always rather have a more confident start a more confident one start than a questionable two start because in the shortened season like it's yeah you need to, you need the innings you need the compiling but at the same time if you have a couple bad starts and blow up your ratios Dude, it really hurts your team. I mean, just look at what what Otani did last week. I mean, did just ratio destroyer, and so that kind of stuff hurts. Turnbulls look great, man. Like you mentioned, I mean, 
he's faced the Reds twice, and he actually pitched better in in Great American Ballpark. Um, he had five innings, eight strikeouts, only one earned run there. Uh, the other outing was six innings, two earned runs, six Ks. He's been good, and he's another like guy that man late in drafts. I was really looking to get. I know uh, Mike Simeon, SP streamer, loves him. Like he's he's a stud. Like he he showed signs of that last year of the breakout. He's got to get the walks down a little bit, man. Like he's walking a lot of hitters right now. Five and eleven innings, not terrible, but you want to see it a little bit lower. Overall, the stuff looks good, man. I mean, one nine one fit. 383x fit. I mean, overall, he's looking solid, and I think I like him in that start. I probably, pre- uh, again, like if you're putting him up against Plesak, probably take the one start with Turnbull personally. That's kind of where I'm leaning because I'm, I'm really afraid of that Reds outing. And if not, then he could, I mean, he could pitch magnific- magnificently as well. It's just that Reds really, that Reds lineup really concerns me, especially now that it's healthy. Mustakas and Zell being back to fill it out. Suarez is yet to get going, so when he does, that could be trouble. And then you have the White Sox, just again, another team that's loaded with possibly great hitters. Like It could go either way, that that start. So I'm kind of leaning Turnbull as well over a two-star guy. That's why right now it's it's tough because it really depends on the depth of your league and what you're doing. But like in a weekly league, if you're chasing Ks and wins and stuff, yeah, you go with the two-star guy. But if you have the luxury of not needing that, you need the better ratios, the safer thing, I think Turnbull is actually going to be safer than chasing a Zach Plusak type. Um, and Boyd, I would still, I would, I would kind of do Boyd, Turnbull, Plesac, because I'm just not buying into Plesac. I could be completely wrong. And then Carmart, I also rather, like, going back to Carmart, I'd rather have Turnbull over Carmart, because I just want to see him do it first. Because we saw him, you know, he, he, he missed some time. He came back. He's not in the rotation. He is in the rotation. He started, but he only went three innings or whatever it was. So it's like, I want to see him do it first. So that's where I'm at with him. But you know a guy I am concerned about, and he's droppable for me? He's a two-star guy next week, and I, st- and I honestly wouldn't even want to start him for for it is mad bum i'm kind of done like i was already out on him and if you if you have shares like i'm sorry i wasn't like i'm just he's not he was barely hitting what like 88 with his fastball first couple starts like i'm done with mad bum what are your thoughts on mad bum yeah i was definitely avoiding him like there were some warning signs coming into this season and then leaving his pitcher haven in san francisco it just didn't look well i mean it just didn't look like it would turn out well for him and he's just I don't know, not looking great so far. He's not striking out a lot of hitters. Like, I mean, he's never, like, he hasn't been a huge strikeout guy <laughs> yeah. recently. He just, he kind of is what he is. He's just kind of a boring guy. He's probably going to have, like, okay, like, not terrible ratios. I don't know. I just don't love the profile. I mean, he hasn't had, his first two matchups weren't extremely tough, like, faced the Rangers and the Padres. And he still struggled. Yeah. So like, and you're looking at some of the stuff like I'm looking at his K rate, his K rate and walk rates, and they're they're lackluster to say the least. And his K minus walk rate is the worst it's been since going back to literally. Oh wait, his career. <laughs> we're talking about a guy like yeah, like we're talking like he's walking way more people. So I guess he's having a hard time controlling the ball right now. And without control, that velocity is going to get crushed. And yeah. he's sitting at about four, a four, a little over a four ERA, barely over a four ERA. With the with the underlying metrics kind of supporting it, with XFIP saying, "Hey, it should be worse," but he's another guy that the strand rate could be a little better. So, with the, but he has a really good BABIP, so he's actually doing this with a BABIP just barely over two at two thirty three. So again, yeah. another guy that's just like he's barely holding it together. But I, if you can sell him on name value, I would definitely sell him. But honestly, he's a drop. Like he's actually a drop for me for like a turn. I'd rather have a turn bowl right now. I'll take my yeah. chances. 
Hey, by the way, it's it's his birthday today. He's thirty one years old. Happy birthday, Mad Bum. <laughs> we're, dropping we, you, yeah. we're dropping you. We're dropping you in our leagues. Yeah, jeez. He, he gets Houston <laughs> in his first start. Yeah, and they mash left handed pitching. Like, so <laughs> you don't want to start him there. Definitely. Like, it's likely that he gets lit up pretty hard, and then he gets the Padres again. Scheduled to get the Padres at least, and so <laughs> he didn't pitch well against them last time. Yeah. So what's to say it'll be better this time? I don't know, man. Like you said, it's it's a weird spot, and it was weird actually to see all of the projection systems like preseason were like all pretty high fours or like mid to four ERAs, which was interesting. I mean, he's a three one four career guy, so they saw like they saw something coming like. And it's just not looking great so far. And like you said, the Babip so low, this thing could get worse for him. So I don't know. You have to make a tough decision. Ride the hot hand. Like get somebody like Turnbull, man. Like because you don't want bum this week, in my opinion. You don't want him at all. Happy birthday! <laughs> but yeah, like you said it's. Uh, I, I he's a drop for me. And a guy. Let's see. For instance, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Madison Bumgarner is owned in 92 percent of leagues, and, and I use Yahoo for reference. And Nate Pearson's still only owned in 66 percent of leagues. Spencer Howard is owned in 23% of leagues. These are both guys I'd rather have over Mad Bum right now. And then a guy that could be up this weekend, which we aren't sure about, might be up Sunday, is Casey Mize, 14% owned. I'd rather take a shot on him. But Casey Mize could be up. That's another exciting young arm. I would just throw him into that grouping of Pearson, Howard, and, and now Mize. Are we ever going to see Mackenzie Gore? What the hell's going on? Like I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Dude, he was the, the one I expected up first. I know. The Padres need him. Like... In my opinion, like they're looking okay. Like they yeah. just need they need it, Gore. And I I don't know. Is there something we don't know? Like he's not fully ready. I don't, there's got to be something. Like or we would have seen him by now. If if the Blue Jays bring up Pearson, like you would have thought the Padres would have brought up Gore at this point. I don't know. I don't I don't get it either. But you know what? I mean, now with seeing if they if they bring up Mize, will we see Matt Manning as well now? Maybe you got to think that if they bring one up, they'll bring both up. Yeah, and there's rumors of the Royals bringing up some of the other young guys. Um, obviously, Singer's the one that came to mind. I keep forgetting the rest of them. Boobich, Boobich I, know, I, know, I know they brought him up. How did he, I didn't see how he went? How he did? Uh, I forgot the exact line. It, it was wasn't great. Though, okay, right? it, was, it wasn't yeah. wasn't great. I think he only went like three point two innings. Um, yeah, couple, he he got hit in the first inning. I think he allowed a home run in the first inning, yeah, but then he settled back in decent. Yeah, and then there's uh, oh yeah here they are. I was looking for the I was thinking of the names like Daniel Lynch is another name to look out for yeah. for the Royals and we just the thing is is we're gonna see youth movement because now we've we've surpassed that time frame of people like of the the extra year of service time so we can see some of those young guys called up and then it makes me wonder it's like actually we won't talk too much about them because I actually have Shelly coming on the podcast soon we're gonna talk about these young guys their performances and who we can expect up and what we should expect from them as well so. We'll save that for our next episode. Won't dive too much into it. I just I, I gave it away, but Shelly Burrow Straits coming on. She's made her third appearance on the show, and we're gonna be talking about that stuff. So it's really exciting. Nice. Um, other than that, there is one name, uh, two names here that Nate Pearson. Obviously, he's becoming more universally owned. So I don't want to spend too much time on him, but I think you just ride him. I mean, he looked great in his debut. He gets a couple of tough, at least one tough matchup in Atlanta. But Boston isn't that tough <laughs> right now. They're not hitting much at all. <laughs> And then you throw in the fact that you have a, like their stars are who are struggling. Devers, Bogarts hasn't really gotten going. JD Martinez hasn't really gotten going. Benny, Benatendi's been kind of rough. 
So I'm not really too concerned about Nate Pearson. I think he's a full go. You start him with with confidence. But the one that is interesting to me is Jay Happ. Jay Happ is uh he gets to face Baltimore. Even though it's at Baltimore, it's still against Baltimore, and their you know their offense isn't the scariest thing. And then you get to go over to Tampa Bay, which Tampa Bay is weirdly good because <laughs> they play the matchups. You know they have you know they have the lefty matchers that they can put in there. But I don't think the Tampa Bay matchup scares me away from the Baltimore one enough to not want to. If you're looking for a streamer, Hap could be a solid streamer, I think, just based on matchups. What are your thoughts on J.A. Hap this week? Yeah, and I think he's actually another guy that kind of got thrown off by oh, some of the. Yeah, and that's all mm. just looking. I think that Hap was one that got changed, which sucks. Yeah. Like him and Cole were scheduled, or Cole was scheduled to go uh, Monday and then. Hap Tuesday, and so they would have both got Baltimore and Tampa Bay. But it th- looks like those have gotten bumped, and now I think Cole will go Wednesday against Baltimore. So you lose both those starts. Mm. Hap still probably gets Tampa Bay, I think. Yeah. No, I don't no, know. I'm it's good. all up in the air, dude. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So Writing everything I just t- said, everything I just said about Hap, forget about it. It never happened. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, <laughs> writing two starts and talking about two starts is hard. Just just for anybody listening. I mean, things have changed so rapidly. And so it's hard to say things change by the day. So just keep up with the news. Keep up with what's happening. What are your thoughts on Dustin May? He gets a two-step against uh, at San Diego and then against San Fran. That's kind of encouraging slash intriguing. I definitely would start him without thinking twice. Yeah, like I'm I'm a big Dustin May guy. He's he's looked a little kind of erratic with his command, but he's been good. I mean, he's pitched well in his starts. I mean, unexpectedly getting the call on opening day and he performed <laughs> well. I mean, he faced he went to Houston last time out and pitched fine like he's i not think he was going... almost afraid man like he still did all right you said three it was 3.1 innings three strikeouts uh one earned run he just wasn't commanding his stuff like I, I think a part of him was like trying to stay away from the zone so he didn't get hit too hard because his first outing was against the giants so i think he was able to attack yeah. the zone have more confidence you know kind of go at it but a young kid against the against the astros with a loaded lineup i can understand him tiptoeing around the zone not getting the called strikes maybe missing a little too much i think even though the problem is, is we've yet to see him even throw five innings, I think that this week could be the week we see it finally happen. And in those matchups, he's well worth the start. And again, your options are limited outside the obvious guys because the names are like Kyle Hendricks, Charlie Morton, Chris Paddock, Herman Marquez, Soroka. These are guys that you're obviously starting for two starts. So we're trying to find, we're talking about the names that aren't as owned or maybe might be more questionable. And I think Dustin May fits that he is a guy that you start with with somewhat confidence. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think. He's just pushing his way up. I mean, two pretty good matchups this week, and he's looked good. As Hopefully he's building up the arm, can get a few more innings. If he can get to five innings, hopefully. Um, I don't see why he shouldn't be productive, and I like him moving forward. And let's transition. So we talked about two starters. I hope we talked about enough of them. Um, are you – actually, you know what? How about just would you stream these guys? Brady Singer at Chicago Cubs, home against Minnesota. Quick yes or no. Fine. No. I wouldn't either. Framber Valdez at Arizona and at Oakland. No. I think I would give him a go if I was desperate. He's the guy I'll actually. And then Justice Sheffield, Oakland, home against Oakland and Colorado. He's uh, Is he at home yes, against home Colorado? For, he's home for, yeah, yes. Okay. That's a big, yeah. That was the uh, big selling point for me too right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. 
Uh, I'll throw a maybe on him. I'll, I'll, I'll digress the question. Maybe I'm just, I'm not saying with confidence, but again, we're talking about deeper leagues like TGFBI 15 team league where you need starts. Cause like guys are on either losing starts to COVID or guys are just getting hurt. Like Kershaw missed his first few starts. Stroman, you know, you're kind of scrambling for innings. These guys might be available. I would go out and probably look to get those guys. And we'll talk about some of the most added lists in a little bit, but before we get to that, I want to talk about some hot starts. Again, another just happens to be something you wrote about. <laughs> and there's just a couple of very intriguing names here. We'll start at the very top of your article at Teoscar Hernandez. Are you buying into it? And what are your thoughts on him? He's 73% owned. I'm buying into the power completely. Like, we've seen that. Like, he's been kind of a stat cast darling for at least beyond this year, like the last several years. Like, he hits the ball hard, he hits some home runs. He's off to a fantastic start. Uh, he's decreased his ground ball rate and that's encouraging. Like he's hitting the ball in the air more 70% hard hit rate. I mean, hitting the ball. Good. Putting the ball in the air more hitting it right. harder. Usually is usually a good mix. Like usually what you want to see. Right. He's going to hit more home runs. The, the strikeout rate is still concerning, that's which always makes like that, me, though, man. Yeah. He's kind of like a, a boomer bust. I'm riding the hot streak for sure, and like I definitely think the the power's real. I think the average is going to tank a little bit, but hopefully, like not to his career average. He's like a career two thirty nine hitter, and so I think he'll be better than that. But I'm not buying into him like being a three hundred hitter or anything like yeah. like of that nature. He's barreling the ball really well too right now. So I think what it is, it could be just a mix of things. His profile, you know, putting the ball in the air more, a slight increase in launch angle. So that could help maybe explain why he's get, how he's getting the ball in the air more, but it's the it's the the quality of contact that's intriguing. We see a guy barreling the ball at twenty percent, even though it's early on. It's obviously we're talking career high exit velocity as well, paired into that, and career high hard hit rates. You put all that together, it's, and it's like you said, it's very very encouraging. And he's hitting the ball up the middle more. I was just because I was like maybe he's pulling the ball more, maybe it's helping generate some of the power, but he's putting it up the middle more right now. That's still very that's gonna fluctuate day to day though. There's just a lot to look into with him. Uh, these guys all require deeper looks. We should probably do that one day on another podcast. But just a quick, I like him at a glance too. And what's his what's his ownership? Um, what do you use for ownership at, over at Fantrax? Is it Fantrax? Because they have yeah, this is on Fantrax, seventy three percent owned. All right, so I'm gonna which is low for Fantrax, I think. Yeah, for Fantrax for sure, because it's uh, it's such a dynasty, and that was an issue, like. Obviously, for those who might be listening for a while, I used to write there as well, and that was always the hard time, the hard part about writing about those guys there. Because if you were trying to write about waiver wire, write about other stuff, they cater to deeper leagues. They they do drafting holes, they do dynasties, dynasties leagues are a lot more fifteen, sixteen teams, and um, because of that, his ownership seventy three percent. But for instance, Yahoo thirty nine percent owned. He's a guy that I would go out and get if you need somebody to help bring a little spark to your to your lineup. I mean, the guy, like you said, the guy. Is just on fire right now. I mean, two home runs, two stolen. Sorry, four home runs, two stolen bases. Right there, those stats are so like, especially the stolen bases, such a commodity. And like, no one's running except for yesterday on Friday. We had like like five or six. Or, like, I kept looking. I kept <laughs> it just was kept weird. stolen base. Like Nimmo stolen base. Uh, J Ram got us for stolen bases. Like teams are not that they're finally letting their t- their guys run, but I think the stolen bases or lack of are well more noticeable when you're tracing them so much harder. Right. So like we had a, we had a little bit of a burst last night. So hopefully we see that continue, but. Yeah. He's a guy that I'm just very intrigued in for sure. And the next guy here, and there's another guy that's just very high. So wait, so if you have Hernandez, he's still, I, I would say so high, but he's still one of those guys that isn't even owned enough. So Adam, yeah. on, Adam on, first. In Yahoo, he's 39%. Like, 
yeah, add them to your like ride the hot streaks. Like this is essential in in this 2020 season. So ride out the hot streaks and and just go with it, man. If he keeps performing, ride it out. If he stays hot, eventually you might can sell high. But dude, roger him. <laughs> For sure, and then you have Dansby Swanson, who's been hitting like on like a like a whole other level. He's been batting in like the sixth spot, seventh spot in the lineup. He hit second yesterday, but that was with Albies out. But regardless, the guy has two home runs, two stolen bases, and another guy that's just crushing the ball right now. I mean, three he's, his triple slash is three eighty seven, four hundred six 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 seventy seven. He's not going to sustain that, obviously. But this is a guy we all liked to break out this year, or at least liked him for his value. The power and speed is showing up early, especially the speed, which is more important. Are you riding it out and holding, or are you trying to sell high right now? No, I'm definitely riding it. He looks. Oh, you're a Braves fan. That's not fair. Yeah, and the no the no homer pick for me is is riding it because he's legit. Like last season, he started out the year incredible. He had 17 home runs through July 4th last season. Like he's got some power. He's got the speed. He was hampered last year by the injuries, like Achilles. Uh, calf maybe there was two injuries that that hampered him in July and just destroyed the rest of his season like he was on a tear and he's doing it again the numbers look good and to point out like what he's doing this while striking out 37 and a half percent of the time he's a career 22.8 percent strikeout guy he's only walking 3.1 percent of the time career 9.3 so he's doing this stuff while the plate discipline has looked shaky and so those I took like he's never he's never shown to be a big strikeout guy in his career. So and he's walked at a pretty high clip. So when these regress back towards normal, like this shows that he can be really good. There's no question. The average isn't going to sit at 387. There's no way. Like he's shown the ability to hit 300, like in the minors. Probably say 285 would be a good number. And the power speed's legit, man. Like, like you mentioned, yeah, we, yeah, that part's gonna it's, stick. It's good to see the speed, like even this early. Guys aren't running; he's running. It's great to see. Like, my even as a Braves fan, no homer there. Like, he's you got to ride it out. Like, he's a stud. He's a good, great player. Now everybody has a price, and if you can somehow swing, I'm, I can't even think of a name going in the top two rounds. Or I, I wish I could do it. I wish I could do it. Would you rather? Because it's really tough yeah. right now. There's just so many. There's just so many names to to think about, but it's just if you can if you can sell high, it depends. Like I always, I hate to be that guy. I mean, I'm riding it as well because his price right now you're getting such a return on your investment that I just want to ride it. But he is a guy that if you might be able to sell just on the stat line alone. And right now I'm trying to look. I'm trying to do it on the fly. I'm really bad. I gotta stop doing this. I gotta. I should. I should think of these things beforehand. But um, trying to find the season ranks. Really you should always be willing to sell high at the right price. Like I'm just trying to find a name here. Yeah. Like, if you could go ahead, like Lindor is struggling. Could you maybe pair a Swanson and somebody else for a Lindor right now? I mean, I mean if you yeah, could. I think that's that's a no brainer. Like if you're getting a, a stud, like a top two round guy and like a kind of a you package Swanson and somebody else, I think that's a no brainer. Like obviously but, I think Swanson's good. But that's the type of move maybe you should be looking to make though. Like if you're if you have some depth and you want to target a struggling, you know, stud, like Christian Yelich, people are starting to legitimately worry about him. I have zero concern. He yeah. was striking out a lot in spring and all that. But if you can again take advantage of this, I had a guy the first week in, in a home league is I, I don't do trades, but the guy offered me, and I'm a Giolito guy, offered me Giolito for Rysel Iglesias 
right the day after his start before Glazers even blew up. And that was an instant accept. And I had closers and all that. It doesn't matter. But that's my point. People are overreacting. That's crazy. Those trades shouldn't happen, but it did. So you never know what you can do. You can find someone struggling. You can probably pair Swanson and, again, just find a insert second-round player, maybe a Freddie Freeman or something, just picking another guy that's and that was a second-round pick and go after this guy. Be like, hey, look, here's some power. Here's some speed. These guys are producing. Your team's you know starting off slow. And, again, so with, a, with everything being so heightened right now, as far as like a slow start or a fast start, People are overreacting because they feel they need to. They st- you know, we still have a little bit of time before, you know, you need to really worry. But people aren't waiting. So this is a guy that I would definitely <laughs> go ahead and uh, try to package to flip for a better overall guy. I know it's kind of like easy to say, easier said than done. But if you want to or could, it wouldn't surprise me. And you'd be surprised some of the names you can get in return. A guy that I wanted to bring up real quick is still relatively available. So he's a guy I'd be looking to add. That's Hanser Alberto. Um, he's just a guy that he hits about fifth or sixth against righties. That's second every time against lefties. He's 11% owned. Gets to call Baltimore's home. And the guy's just off to a great start. Again, another little uh, two home runs, one stolen base. He's more of a stolen base guy than, than a home run guy, I would think. But he offers a little bit of both. Great contact skills. And he's showing it again this year with a 3.7% walk rate, which isn't great, but only a 7.4% K rate. So the guy doesn't strike out. Batting 440, 481, 760. The guy's on an absolute tear, plays every day, doesn't need, and again, he just makes so much contact and he has like, he, he can just be valuable because of the home park. This is a deeper league guy. Second base is kind of rough and he could be a 15, he's definitely 15 team relevant and just a guy I wanted to plug real quick because he's only 11% owned and somebody that you can, he could be that like a little batting average help because he hit like 300 last year, I believe as well. So he's just a guy that I wanted to plug real quick. I don't know how, if you have any thoughts on him. Because if not, we can just move on to the next Yeah, and no, he, he's a great source of average. And now he's hitting the ball harder. Like, hard hit rates jumped like 20%, which is crazy. His home run to fly ball rate is, is up, which it was like 8% last year. So that's obviously easy to, to go up. <laughs> and he's hitting – he's a big ground ball guy, like 45% of the time this year, 468 last year. But he's an elite contact guy. Like, zone contact, 93.1%. Last year, 93.6%. Like, it's legit. Like he's a great contact source. Like he's going to provide great average. He's going to get some home runs here and there because the ballpark chip in maybe a little speed. He stole four last year. Maybe he can, if he chips in four in this season, man, it's, it's great, but he's probably not owned in your league. And like you mentioned, Mike, second base is shallow. So dude, pick him up, give him a run. I also noticed his, his O swing is, is down also like nearly 7% which is big. Like he swings a lot out of the zone, but this year's down to 40.4%. So seeing a drop in that's good for plate discipline purposes. Uh, he just doesn't walk a lot. So if you're in a on base league, like, yeah, that's, yeah, this is, this is strictly like five by five. Right. Because yeah. the on base, the on base isn't, he, he depends too much on his batting average for the on base to play. And that's never a way to bank on OBP. Right. So points leagues, OBP leagues, I wouldn't do it. But in your five by fives, if you're struggling for a guy that just play, if you want again, at bats are essential. He bats second against lefties and like fifth or sixth against righties, like I said. So it's just and the home the home park, the context is there for a floor, a solid floor. I think it's just gonna. I think he's gonna play every day, and he's a guy you just plug in and kind of let him. He's almost like a Reyes, like a very similar profile. Not much to it besides batting average. A Reyes, I think, is safer for batting average, but we're looking at a guy who could be a very similar product who's on your waiver wire right now. 
that's the comp that comes to mind because they both make a lot of contact and all that. But there's a guy that still isn't universally owned. Had another two hits last night, I believe. Kyle Lewis. We all know my love for him. He's like 67% owned, so he's still somewhat available, but that's shallower formats. And that's because it's really hard for me to even give people like, people like, hey, should I have Kyle Lewis or player? I'm like, oh, that's tough. So I think this is actually about right because even though he looks like he's in the middle of a breakout, this is obviously a hot streak. And there's a lot of things that he won't sustain. But I'm buying into Kyle Lewis. We saw we saw the swing change. We see the like, we see the quality of contact going up. I know he, it's not going to last as is, but man, am I just bought in and just so happy to just so happy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. What do you think he's, about Kyle Lewis? Yeah, he what six straight multi hit games? Like he's he's riding hot right now. And that was against and, the Astros. Like the, yeah. it started off against the Astros, I should say. Yeah, I mean. He's been on fire. If he's not on, like, why haven't you picked him up yet? Like, it's ride like, your hot streak. I'm, I'm gonna find. You keep talking about him. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna find some players that if we should drop them for him. You go. Yeah, ahead. for sure. He's he's looked good. Obviously, he's he's hitting 455 right now. It's completely unsustainable. He has a 722 Babbitt. Like that is insane. We don't expect him to hit 455 though. Like that's not who he is. He's not gonna. He's not even gonna probably hit 300. I mean, it's possible. Like with a shortened season, like he could crash and still hit 300 for the year. But like he's probably like a 260 type guy. Like that's the kind of hit tool he has. He's got good power, like some good raw power. But he needs to get the launch angle up. Like he's his launch angle right now is 4.4 degrees. Like it's just not oh. good. The the exit velocity is not great. It 87% or 87 miles an hour. But overall, like the sweet spot percent is good. That's what's so interesting. Like 55% mm. sweet spot, but a 4.4 degree launch angle is interesting to me. The launch angle drop. Like when I did my tweet, it was like 6.6. .6, so yeah, can, which is, that is a little concerning for the, um for the, for the exit velocity, but it's not all about exit velocity because quality of contact can go a lot farther. And right now we're seeing the barrel rate. And like you said, the sweet, sweet spot percentage, both of which are really solid right now. And people don't realize he's a, he has a, he's plus speed, 70, 79th percentile sprint speed. So we're going to continue to monitor that launch angle because it could, but look, his, I think it's line drives because I think last I checked, his ground ball rate is down. It's still higher than we want at 40%. But with him, it actually shows him 0% fly balls on Savant, but I know they do yeah. it differently than fan graphs. Regardless, 20, 20 on fan graphs, 20% fly ball, 40% line drive. Line drive rate. Like yeah. that would that's gonna that's gonna hurt his power, but if he hits that many line drives, he's gonna hit for a good batting average. Yeah. So the the fly balls, unfortunately, the home runs might not be what we want, but he should, that means it could correlate better to uh, batting average, which could be a bigger need for you at this point because people are still hitting home runs. It's yeah. The, uh, <laughs> it's the, for sure. It's the, so he could still he's still gonna be profitable at this point. And looking at some of the stuff, it's there's so there's good and bad. It's very weird. I'm I'm intrigued though, and I'm definitely riding it. And I found a few names, guys like Oscar Mercado. Would you drop him right now in a shallower league for Kyle Lewis? Probably. I mean, Mercado's just not, not looking playing, good. Not playing every bottom. day. Either. Yeah, not playing every day. Danny Santana is another name. What do you think about him? Yeah, Owned more than yeah. I'm not a D Danny Santana guy. Wasn't before the season. Now definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, struggling, I would say, to say the least. Um, let's see. Brian Reynolds, are you ready to make that swap yet? No, because I love Brian Reynolds. <laughs> I love the contact profile, like high average. Love Brian Reynolds. Um, what about Justin Upton? 
Hmm. These are guys. Yeah, these guys owned right above Kyle Lewis. That's why I'm yeah. like kind of inching my way higher and higher, or low, actually lower and lower. I was I started high, I'm ending up low, but sure, yeah. I probably keep up in. What about Yuli Gurriel? Not an outfielder, but yeah. For now, I take Lewis probably like ride the hot hand. This is tough because I'm not ready to drop him yet. But Ben Attendee, man, I'm ready. To, like uh, Ben Attendee's, he's 90 percent owned right now. No, it's I, crazy. I can't, in a 10-team league, you can make that drop, and Ben Attendee, if he gets hot, you still wouldn't regret it because you could probably find something better off the waiver wire by then anyway. So it's yeah. like this is one of those cases where the shallower the league, you could probably make this move. The deeper the league, sure. it's a little more, it's a little more risky. But that's fringe. Like I honestly, I say it, but I, I I'm not in the position to have to do it. So I, right. say, it's easy for me to say, but not do. Sure. So let's just um, let's just a couple names. But man. So before we uh, finish up here, we're going to go ahead and just hit on some of, some of the guys that are most added lists as far as pitchers go because we talked about hitters. We talked about some of the guys there, and we can maybe circle back. But anyway, Savale, he changed up his pitch mix a little bit this year already in the first start. He looked electric, only 55% owned. Would you call him a must-owned a must-owned player right now? Yes, no doubt. Like, he just – he looks great. Like, he's turning into, like, what they turned Corey Kluber into. Like, I know that's kind of lofty. But he just looks so good. And like you said, the, the pitch mix change, there's a lot to like. The swinging strike rates, the called strikes, man, just looked so good. And he, his control that's the thing. His command his command is so good that even when he was like in jams, it's like he played to his weak contact strength, because that's kind of what he that's kind of what his calling card was last year. And he got out of those like jams that he got himself into. So I'm buying in just because the skill set, the pitch. Like now he's adding some swing and miss to what's already a solid profile for like soft contact. I'm all I'm pretty in on that. I'm trying to find a name. Like, would you rather have him or Hinjin Ryu? Oh, uh, um, Savale. Yeah, me too. But Ryu is 93% owned. That's why I was yeah. like, what? But I wouldn't make. See, I wouldn't be able to make that drop. I would obviously. Like, would you drop James Paxton for him? With Paxton having the, the the issues with the velocity, doesn't seem to be completely right. In a jam, would you make that? Would, or, I mean, I'm trying to think if you could trade. Oh, like, man. if you're the Paxton owner, would you would you be able to buy high? Would you be able to try to use that name value to buy Savale? I'd rather have Savale right now, to be honest. Yeah, I'd have a hard time dropping Paxton because of the upside. But I think it's definitely like you said, the name value. Like, you could dangle him in trade, see what you can do. Uh, it's, it's tough because I think Paxton has the higher upside, but Savale's floor is probably higher. And Savale's pitching, like full games. Paxton right. is not looking like himself. Speaking of struggling starters, Paxton's one of them. What about Charlie Morton? How much longer are you giving these guys to kind of come around and be what we want them to be before you give them the axe or just sell them for what you can get? So I'd like to see a couple more starts. Like, we just don't fully know how much time guys had, especially pitchers, man. We They didn't have a lot of time to ramp up in the summer camp. So I don't know. Like somebody like Morton, like a guy that you're drafting like around top 50 range, it's hard to, to ax this soon. Well, I, I, I overreact with Morton because he sure. didn't have a bad outing because like he had the first outing that was rough and the second one wasn't really up to par from what we expect. He had two and runs over five innings, did have seven strikeouts, and his velocity, I believe, was up a little bit, but it's still down on the year. So stuff like that. Maybe you know, Morton might be a good buy low. Paxton I'm legitimately concerned about. Him Paxton and Boyd like are fringe cuts for me. Morton's more of a buy low. Yeah, I can see that. That's fair. I mean, it maybe it we're concerning with Morton because he is getting older. Like is the velocity dip legit? It might be. Just just with age is possible. 
I don't know. It's it's a <laughs> tough spot for him. Oh, for sure. And I'm just looking at some other guys on the most added list: Christian Javier, Tyler Chatwood. Are these just streamers for you at this point? And seeing what and which one would you prefer at this point as well? Yeah, I think they're both streamers for now. But like Chatwood has the potential, I think, to like be owned. He looked really good. Is he going today? Let's see. I think he's throwing today. I believe he is. Yes. To, yeah. Against, against Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, that's a, a really nice matchup there. He struggled like with command, but it looked improved this year. Like, and I know it's only one start, so it's it's easy <laughs> we, to we have to be reactionary, though. We have right. To. Yeah. It's he he's, he looked better. For sure. And he's always had the stuff. <sighs> I don't know. Like if he pitches well today, like he may be somebody I can like I consider rostering on the back end. Like it depends on how deep your league is, of course. But like if it's a shallow bench, he's definitely a streamer option. But in deeper leagues, like if he's not on, like I'd probably add him like a 15 teamer. I think he's worth a shot. We have to, another guy that's kind of in that same area is Merrill Kelly. Just you got to stream him. But today it's like one of those things he's he pitches tomorrow. I wouldn't pick him up to play him. He faces the Dodgers. Now, if he goes out and dominates the Dodgers or shows really good like stuff against a really great lineup, then he's an ad for me. But I'm not going to let somebody else stream him for the Dodgers and risk missing out on him because I right now bench spots are so valuable. You can't. I, I don't want to put him on. He doesn't even feel like a stash candidate right now. He's just a guy that he's on my waiver wire I'm watching and I'm trying to play matchups with. But we've seen him. We saw him go through runs last year of being really dominant. And then we saw the velo uptick towards the end of the year, and I believe he has that same velo starting the year. So it's like there is some stuff there to be encouraged about, but I don't want to do it with the Dodgers. Yeah, he he finished the year strong last year in September. Like the velo was up. It the last thing was four or five starts in September. Like he was really good, and then you see it carry over. And he took a no hitter into the seventh inning against the Rangers uh, earlier in the week. He sh- struck out seven hitters over seven. And two-thirds innings, uh, the only run he allowed was a solo shot to Ruggie Odor. I think it's just an overreaction. Like, he got hit hard. He gave up 19 batted balls and was hit decently hard, like 89.5 mile-an-hour exit velocity. Overall, like, I thought the stuff was kind of mediocre. And I think a lot of people are overreacting to that have bought in. Like, he's – and if he goes – like if he performs well against the Dodgers, no question. Like maybe it's a guy that's legit, but for now, I think that I'm not buying in. Like I think it's a bust for what he did in his first start. Fair enough. And if we're, to put it in context, again, Peterson. Uh, Pe- Peterson. Sorry, I was just <laughs> I was thinking for some reason Pe- Peterson of the Mets popped into my head. Pearson. Nate Pearson, 66% owned. So like I said, mostly owned at this point. Howard Spencer Howard and Casey Mize are not. Would you make sure to, like, obviously those guys are must-ads for you? Like, those guys are beyond just streaming, right? Yes. If they, when they come up, like, I think they're definitely must-ads. Like, the upside's crazy high. Like, I definitely, I don't know. I'm just thinking of, like, back-end roster guys. He's, like, those are definitely guys that you want. Like, you're going to drop it back. I was going to say, better than those guys we just talked about. Like, we'd rather have all those guys over there. Yeah, definitely. Like, Pearson's a must. Like, he's up and he's pitching. Mm -hmm. So, he's got to be on like you say 66%. That's crazy. Yeah. He, yeah he's he's already up there. Like Pearson Pearson is, but the other guys aren't Howard was like 25 or 35 and then yeah. Mize is like 13. So I'm trying to think of like guys, like I'm trying to think of back end guys. This is where it's like, do you drop James? I would drop Paxton for those guys right now. I really would. I hate to say that, but I really would because I want the guy who I know is going to come up healthy. Not the guy that we're hoping to get right. Pitching sure. in the stadium. 
like if you know that they're coming up like Mize is iffy we're waiting on Mize but it's like everything's trending towards that announcement sure including a text we just got from our guy Zach yep (laughs) coming in clutch yeah I don't know it's just weird like why haven't the Padres brought up Gore like he's another guy like Howard for these guys yeah I don't know like with the Phillies, when when is Howard coming up? You Howard know, they, was supposed to be up this week, but then the postponements yeah. pushed him back. Uh, but that's I right. He was, he, I think he's coming up next week for sure. Okay, then yeah, he's definitely. I think he's a must add. Like he's got the he's got the upside that those guys do. Like I wouldn't say he's got the upside of like a Pearson, or he's like in the Mize range for me. Like they're really good. So like they're must adds. Would you? I guess what I'm saying though is, if you have Gore on your bench, he's the one guy that you've been stashing. You're expecting to get the call, but these guys are actually coming up. Well, again, we're waiting on Mize. If Mize gets the call, then yes, we're doing it. But would you, at this point, swap Gore for these guys? Because we don't know. We haven't heard anything about Gore. The Padres, I didn't even see. I think they're doing pretty well. They might not need him. They might push him back until they maybe the middle of the season when they make a run. Or I'm looking at the standings right now to confirm my. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I they, th- they are winning the division right now. Yeah. So that's my question mark. They're winning the division. They're performing there's, good, but like there's two ways to look at it, <laughs> right? So on the flip side, he could bump them up to the next level, like even more. Like you know, he's he's that good. Like I think he, it, the minute you bring him up, like he might be your second best starter, like behind Paddock, and he might even give Paddock a run for his money. He's he's that good. I agree. The, it's just and, hard to sit here and watch everybody get Pearson, Howard, and potentially Mize producing and Gore. You might be waiting for another week or two, right? So with, so to to say all that, like there's just too many question marks. Like obviously something's not right or they would have brought them up in my opinion. So I think you make the cut, like go for I the guys that. that are, they're throwing. I agree. And if you can, honestly, if you can afford to stash them, like I'd rather draw, I'm trying to think of like names. I'm trying to think back end names that like Tony Disco's like, I'd rather like, I, I love Tony Disco. I'm a big Tony Disco guy. He's coming back. He's going to be activated on Sunday to pitch against Detroit. Now, if he looks electric, I might change my tune. But as of right now, I expect him to come back, throw about four innings, have a slow start. But if I if I had to drop him, I'd rather drop him than Gore. If I'm in a position to, it depends on what do I need innings? Are all my pitchers out on COVID? Like stuff like that. Like heck, Marcus Stroman, he's come back from injury, but he's also on a team that keeps blowing saves right now, and he's not that he's not that exciting. Stroman, Keuchel, I might take a chance on dropping those back end guys for these high end guys, and obviously stashing Gore is a per team thing. Is your team up on innings? Is it healthy? Is it avoiding COVID well? Then he's easily worth the bench spot. But if you have any question marks, or if you're playing from behind already in innings and stuff, he's a guy that comes into that drop territory. And again, for these other names, so it's a lot of, it's a lot. It's, it's very team specific, and that's why you need to hit us hit us up on Twitter. So we appreciate you listening. It's been an hour, so we're gonna let, call it quits here. Chris Clegg with his first appearance on the podcast, first of many. Thank you for joining me, Chris. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto Clegg. I'm at Mike underscore Curlin. Of course, all things bases loaded at bases loaded pod on Instagram and Twitter. We can't appreciate this and your, your this. This you listen. We can't appreciate you listening enough. We honestly are so excited, and we will keep talking baseball regardless of what happens. Stay tuned. Stick with us, and of course, be safe, guys. And we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>